Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, how to create better health, how to create better business, and how to create better self. And our episode today is focusing on mom makers, women who not only thought of an idea, but made it into something, made it into a product, made it into a successful business. Both my guests today have a passion for creating organic, eco-friendly baby products And they're both dear friends to me, so I cannot wait to share them with you. Sharon Chai, she's a mom of two, and she's a passionate entrepreneur. She's the founder and owner of a product line and company called Bamboo Bino. And it's an award-winning, nationally recognized children's brand. Her gorgeous Bamboo Baby products are found in hundreds of stores across North America, uh, including Chapters and London Drugs. And this mama, she has a passion for helping and connecting other women entrepreneurs, which I just love. And Julie Stewart, she's a mom of four. And she also has a huge passion for entrepreneurship. In 2011, she invented a baby teething mitten and started a baby teething business called Middies. And in January 2018, she launched her business and today her products are in many high-end boutiques, as well as large retailers like London Drugs, PharmaSafe, Bye Bye Baby. Now, I just am so excited to have them. So let's just move right on and start the show. I cannot think of a more incredible group of ladies to have with me today to feature on our Mom Maker series. And I, I just gushed about them and I don't want to wait any further. So let's, let's have these beautiful ladies say hello. Julie, can you say hi? And Sharon, can you say hello? Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay. So what I, I would love to, like, if I, if I could have another baby, I would because of what these two ladies have created. And I'm going to ask each of them to share a little bit about their story. And um, the beautiful thing is you can find their contacts and their website on our, on our show notes so you can dig even further into their stories. But Julie... I would love for you to start. Tell us a little bit about how you created Middies. Okay. Well, thanks, Elaine. I really appreciate this opportunity. And, you know, I love any opportunity to be connected with you. You're one of my favorite people. Um, So I have four children. And 2011 is when I had my fourth child. And all of them went through the teething experience very poorly. So I've had the opportunity to see what kind of products are out there in the the baby teething industry and so on. Um, And that's when I came up with the idea to make something safe that busy moms could give their babies to teeth on. They're not constantly dropping to the ground. And that's when I invented something called a baby teething mitten that they wear on their hats. Um, And so that's basically where it all started. And that is a patented and trademarked and an award-winning product today. And it's moved forward from that. And now we currently have four innovative baby teething products, which are eco-friendly and safe. And again, don't drop to the ground. So that's when it started. I love, love, love that. I love that, right? Because especially when you have 
four children. You can't be running around picking up toys that fall from their hands before it touches the ground. As much as a mom can be a superhero, <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. be at all places at once. I love your creation so much. I love your story, Julie. Thank you. Sharon Chai, please share how you created Bambubino. I love, love, love your products so much. Um, well, I have always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a teenager. And, and um, in, you know, very early on, I knew that I wanted to, to create something, to sell something that I had created. And so when I became a mom and I had two young children, um, I had discovered bamboo fabric. And when I discovered all its wonderful qualities, um, so soft, absorbent, sustainable, hypoallergenic, I thought I just have to share this amazing fiber with as many families as I can. And, um, and my goal, that was my goal. And I came up with four basic products. Basically, it was just based on whatever fabric was available at the time because bamboo fabric wasn't, wasn't common. And um, I, I went to a few stores and every store that I went to enthusiastically ordered and it took off a lot, a lot faster than I thought. Um, some stores even sold my samples, so I didn't have any samples left. Um, and and to this, and I became an ambassador of sorts for bamboo in the baby industry, and that was fueled by numerous features in the media. And to to this day, it has snowballed to us being to to us selling to hundreds of retailers, um, including London Drugs and Chapters Indigo here in in Canada. Love, 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 love. And I love your products because I I know that I have the honor to use some of them as not a baby, but or a mom of a new baby. But I love that you not just for babies. Yeah. Products. And so that is very, very cool. Some of my favorite things. It makes me just feel very pampered when I use even your hair wrap when I'm drying my hair up for sure. Love it so much. And ladies, I I have to ask, how long have you been in business? Julie, sure. Uh, well, I launched officially January 2018. So that's when I was actually selling in, in stores. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, we delivered our first orders in May of 2007. So it's been 13 years. That's brilliant. Congratulations, ladies. So awesome. And I know whether you've been in it for over 10 years or under five years or under two years, we all learn so many things in manufacturing. And I'm also a product creator and I have done so many mistakes in in learning about manufacturing, but I would love to sh- for each of us to share with our listeners right now who are thinking about product creating or our product creators right now, can you think of three things that you can share that they should know before creating a product? What is something they should do? Does someone want to start? Yeah, I can, I can start on that one. Um, I've had a lot of trials and errors through my process, but I think that's really important actually in order to make sure that you end up with a successful brand. Um, the number one thing, if you've got a great idea, keep it to yourself and be very careful who you share it with. And when you do go get a prototype, make sure that you have things legally protected. 
um, and make sure you get prototypes and do the safety testing before you do any kind of mass production. Because if it's not safety tested, then you could have a real issue, especially with importing. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So the great points, keep it to yourself until you're ready to share protected mm -hmm. by trademarking or, or, or different uh, avenues of protecting your product and then do the prototypes and, and test those prototypes for safety before mass production. Great ones. How about you, Sharon? Really good points, Julie. Um, for me, um, my most of my products are made in Canada and uh, ranging from those made by my manufacturer and to some that I actually make by myself. Um, and manufacturing has um, many challenges locally, but I think the benefits outweigh the cost because it's easier to keep an eye on quality control. And But the thing is, it's a lot of work because it doesn't arrive ready to ship. Um, a lot goes into prepping a product to be ready for shelf display. Um, so my tip would be just to get help with the little things because there's many, many, many little things. If you're a maker, you'll just know how much work goes into something um, and especially when you're starting out, you're doing everything yourself. And later on, you can outsource things. But even when you're doing everything yourself, you still need time to do your, you're probably doing your own marketing, your own accounting, uh, bookkeeping, and so on. So my advice would be just to get help with the little things um, because they eat up so much time. They're not hard, but, you know, they do take up a lot of time. And you can be creative. Um, and if you can't afford it, uh, there are always people who will help. Um, for example, I live near a high school where students are required to have volunteer hours to graduate. And they need the hours and the work experience. And I need the help. And it's also nice to have the company. Um, so I've had student volunteers for the last couple of years um, and until COVID happened. And in turn, I have mentored students. And um, and it's I just love talking to them about business, school, work, and themselves. And at the same time, they're helping my company and they're learning so much as well. That's awesome. Love that. Love that. Getting Especially about getting help with the little things. Because, yes, all those little things fill up your day and uh, can take up a lot of time when you need to be doing something else. Great tips. And I love the getting students, right, whether it's at high school level. And there's also uh, colleges and universities that are seeking small businesses to work with, with and for, uh, especially like marketing, um, because they need a real business to, to do um, their projects for. And, you know, why not have them look at your social media? Have them take a look at your Facebook. Or and there's a shortage. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say that there is a shortage of um, places that they can go to for to achieve, to fulfill their hours. So... Um, so they have opened it up to businesses, not just volunteer organizations and, and uh, charities. They're um, desperate looking for businesses to have their students work and get experience. Absolutely. So great tip. So if you're listening and you're looking for some help and you never thought of it, reach out to that local college um, near your house or a college in your city and just let them know that you, your company, your business is open to taking on some student interns and why not? And that's a, a great uh, reminder. Thank you, Sharon. So ladies, I know that in our journeys, we have learned 
a lot. And I would love for you to share a risk that you took in your product life story that was a mistake that you absolutely could look at and point to and say, yep, there was one. And this is what happened. And this is what I learned from it. Because, you know, we are stronger together. And when I started Easy Daisies, I felt so alone. And I thought, I am absolutely crazy <laughs> doing this. I had three kids under five, never created a product in my life, never took a business course. In fact, I was a school teacher. And I was so grateful and counted a blessing when some complete stranger reached out to me on Facebook who started a woman's uh a group of women product inventors and it was American and she invited me to be a part of it and it was just such a great space of feeling safe and oh my goodness I'm not alone uh, in doing this and so I would love for for you ladies to, to, to pick one if you only have one mistake that's great we'd be honored to hear it uh, <laughs> one risk that you took um, I, I've often been told that I, I'm I'm too nice and I'm really taken advantage of. And and so many times, unfortunately, that same person who tells me that does exactly that in, in, in uh, business and I'm just blown away. And, you know, I still am very trusting, but I have learned a lot of lessons, um, like trusting my gut and not be swayed by my heart and emotions of uh, helping a, another uh, possible partnership when they aren't uh, being upfront and honest. So yes, trusting the gut. I should have gone with my gut on many of those occasions. Sharon, do you want to start? Is there some risk that you took and it just was a mistake and you learned from it? Well, um, I'm recalling an occasion where I reached out to a large retailer um, to try to get them to carry my product. And, um, and then as I started the conversation with them, it started well. And, um, and then I think. Oh, sorry, Sharon, you're just going to have to repeat that, sweetie. They required from me. And, oh, okay. Um, should I start over or? Um, um, from perhaps, so you reached out to a large retailer. Okay. So I reached out to a large retailer um, to carry Bamboo Bino. And, um, and I didn't do my homework. I didn't know what they required or what it was like to deal with them. And so when we started the conversation um, with the buyer, um, there was a few things that they had required of me that I had no idea. And there was there was quite a few major things um, like um, insurance and French translation, for example. And, you know, being fairly new in the business, I, I didn't have all these things set up yet. And, um, and so I'm so guilty of letting things fizzle by not following up. So when I was having to look into all these requirements, um, I think I just sort of got really overwhelmed and let the conversation die out. And um, instead of getting help from them as well, because I think, you know, a lot of, I've learned now that um, many big retailers will help out small businesses if you're, if you're needing help. 
And I just thought I I just needed to check all these boxes or else they're not going to want to deal with me. And, um, and so I, you know, not surprisingly, I lost that account. And that's happened a few times with smaller stores as well. Not, not as much now, but, but yes, it is important to follow up and it is important to, to keep the conversation going if you're running into some, some roadblocks. I, I think that's an excellent reminder of not being ashamed or embarrassed that you have a small business. Ladies who are listening, gentlemen who are listening, you know what? It can go a long way. Like, just be honest and, and share. And instead of thinking, oh, the doors are closed because I can't do those things because I'm not that large uh, corporation that can do all those things. And you are absolutely right, Sharon. There are businesses that large companies will say, you know what? I can do something to help or, okay, well, what will work? And, and those are the companies you want to work with, right? The ones that will try to figure it out and will want to be your partner. And it's okay to lose partnerships that they just weren't meant to be. And that's okay. So great, great reminder. Thank you for that, Sharon. Julie, how about you, honey? Was there yes, a risk, well said. Or risk you took? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well said. Um, for sure. There has been lots. And I think one of the biggest things with me with middies is trust and i'm very much like both of you um, we are very trustworthy in people and you i mean i think it's a beautiful quality because you have to be able to trust people and if you're working or about to engage with a company that you, you the trust is broken then that is a warning sign to to leave because in this industry there's a lot of untrusting businesses and manufacturers and lots of people so um mine was i actually trusted my ip lawyer and didn't do my own homework and how things were to progress so um, when i st invented middies and that was the teething mitten we did all my products are patented and i started in the us and that's usually when you patent something you sh i would recommend going in the bigger countries and i didn't like demographically like do your research with that um, and the IP lawyer said she had filed the patent. And uh, at this time, I was the first person who ever invented this particular product. Um, and the delays that went on is what had resulted to a lot of the issues. So I trusted her and trusted her, got a letter that said everything was filed and then she had disappeared. And a year, I couldn't track her down. And then finally found out through the company she had worked with, which was a very big law firm, so don't just assume because it's a big law firm in Vancouver. Um, and I had to start all over again. So that that really set me back. And there was a lot of people out in the industry that had beat me to the market. And one of the biggest ones is in China. Um, and that was my own manufacturer behind my back. Delayed me and delayed me so they could get their product out on the marketplace. So it happens. Be prepared for it. I'm not the only person that infringement. I actually just had another huge company um, almost copy our name. <laughs> and I had to deal with that as well. Um, and I think my one tip with this, especially for small businesses, don't engage in a big lawsuit because your money is not going to be well spent there. Um, get a lawyer, send out a letter, and Sharon, you've gone through something very similar with a cease and uh, desist letter, and um, hopefully that will do the trick, right? Because there is a lot of good people in the industry, and 
if we all work together, it's a better place, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably one of my biggest um, issues there. And um, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Don't don't grow too fast. So because of this competition issue, I was so focused and getting out there as fast as I could and getting more products out there as fast. And then you're too diversified. You have to be very careful. So right now with COVID is, even though it's been a terrible thing for everybody in our world, it's really given, I think, a lot of us time to reflect, sit back, relook at things, rebrand or redo your business plan. So it's been a, a positive for me on that aspect. So I hope I hope that helps you know, oh, with the listeners. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yes. It it can be scary, right? As a product inventor, and it's always so heartbreaking when you see someone copy your product because I see that in Freezy Daisies too, and it's it just makes me want to throw up. And mm -hmm. it's like people are bold, um, and it's crazy, and. You know, I've like my trademark board is the one with the tree in the middle, and I've seen someone else create that board with the tree in the middle and the same curve. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like wow, people are so bold. And you know, like even in Canada, someone else like, like I because you know when you're in it for a long time. And yes, although I launched my first product two days after my third baby was born, and she just turned twelve, but I didn't. Uh, officially incorporate until 2011. So Easy mm -hmm. Daisies has been around for a long time and, and the blessing of it being in a lot of media and and on television a lot, people know that Easy Daisies has been around. Mm -hmm. And so people write to me or send me some link and say, oh my gosh, look at this product. It's like totally copied you. And it just breaks my heart because it's like absolutely totally copied easy daisies but what you said is right like don't waste money on on big lawsuits and mm -hmm. yes you can send in a cease and desist but sometimes i don't even do that because there are so many copycats now and this, mm -hmm. i just have to overlook it and, and one distributor told me you know elaine your product is copyable but you just the winner's the one who's first on the shelf right mm -hmm. and he said, yeah, I'll just have to take it as a compliment when that happens. But it still makes me so <laughs> nauseous. And it breaks my heart. Yeah. Like, people sleep at night. Mm -hmm. But, yes, um, yeah, just don't waste your money on, on you. I mean, I'm, I'm talking as a small business owner. and uh, But, yeah. yes, there are ways to shut it down. Yeah, sure. and I just want to say, because I don't, I you know, China has a history of infringing. They've actually really pulled their weight up. Um, and I currently work for, with one of my products that are made there with an amazing factory who I really trust. Um, so there, you just have trust. There you go. It comes to making sure you have proper legal documentation and trusting, and maybe even get on a plane when we can and go to where, you know, the country is where the manufacturing is. I mean, you're so blessed Sharon to, to be able to do most of your, well, all your stuff here in Canada. And I wish I could do that, but unfortunately, the food grade safe silicone the factories are overseas right so we we do what we can and yeah 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 and and it's tricky and you know i've manufactured in canada when i first started and i do manufacture offshore now and in canada and one huge blessing out of covid is i have found canadian manufacturing and you know this is probably the first time i've seen it out loud so Yay. Yay. 
Yay, congratulations. Thank you. And um, yes, so yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, but uh, very glad to, and it, it is all tricky. And, uh, but yes. Just it is really nice to be able to say made in Canada. Mm-hmm. So since we're talking about manufacturing, I would love for you to give one tip, ladies, on manufacturing. So like, if we could think of one big tip we could share to someone who's listening who is a product maker, creator, what, and they're looking to outsource uh, or find um, a place to make their product, what is one tip you have? It's hard just to say one tip. <laughs> it depends. I think if you're local and you can be able to go to that manufacturer and see and control what's going on, that's a different story. If you have to go outsource and you go overseas, um, there is something called Alibaba, which is a trade assurance company that I highly recommend because then you can do a little bit more of the quality control and they have inspectors. So get an inspection, especially on that first product, and make sure you get product samples and that they're tested first. And I think I said that earlier. That's probably my biggest tip with manufacturing. Because if it's not safety compliant, you can't sell it. Absolutely. And to be aware of where you're selling it so you get the right tests, right? Are you selling in Europe? Then you have to get the CE logo. Are you selling it in North America? So you want to make sure you're getting the right tests for where you are selling it at the end. How about you, Sharon? Is there one tip that you could share about manufacturing? I, I think for me, um, since I manufacture a lot locally, I think it's just trying to find as many local suppliers as possible. Um, like even if they are getting it from offshore, it's really just it, it just feels good to know that you are supporting local businesses because um, like our labels, our binding, um, our care and content tags, uh, so many things uh, from people that are just in town. Um, our sticker manufacturer just kind of bought up by someone, but it's still in Edmonton. And, you know, the practical plus side of that is when, um, when import and export rules change and then prices change or exchange rates change, for example, then you're fairly... I wouldn't say completely immune, but somewhat immune to that because I have to say um, I've had to switch a lot of some of my suppliers from the U.S. to Canada or, you know, or try to switch from China to here. Um, and I did that early on because it was just less of a headache, first of all, to, to deal with a local supplier. And even if they're getting this stuff from offshore, they're the ones having to deal with the customs, the duties, um, the freight, you know, logistics all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And um, and so especially during this time, um, during COVID and also because of the political climates and things going on, changing with um, trade agreements, um, I'm just so happy that I can drive down to my my label maker and see Bambubino on their machines and, and pick up from them and see them and talk to them face to face. And, um, and just, and, it, and it's just great because, you know, you build relationships and oh, absolutely. I mean, definitely for me business. Yeah. Yep. Support the local when you can for sure. For sure. And yeah, you're you're absolutely blessed with that. And I remember when I first started Easy Daisies and I did do it all off our kitchen table. I'd order the U line boxes from 
uline.ca, and then I, my husband would print the inserts. I would fold those plastic boxes, insert the paper. My magnets were manufactured in Toronto, and, and it was crazy, and it was very expensive uh, because magnets aren't a, a cheap resource. And then, of course, I, yes, and then I moved on to creating the board, which has a metal sheet inside, made those in North America incredibly expensive. And so I, I did have to go offshore. And if I could share a tip when I first made them offshore, and I and I did go the Alibaba route, um, I my tip, if I could share, if you were to create a product, when I first started, one thing I did, and, and it's different for everybody, but one thing I did was I made all the different pieces at different factories so that not one company was making the whole entire product smart and so yeah. at that point they then I got all those separate parts shipped to me and then we would um, I had a, a company here that assembled them in in British Columbia and so that kept it from being quote-unquote copied however I did uh, years ago I think like six years ago <clears throat> some uh, a fellow mom entrepreneur friend uh, forwarded me a picture of a screen capture and it was a, a factory in China who was selling my boards with Easy Daisies on it. And I was blown away. And that was the only thing they made. But I guess because it was doing very well, they were selling it as well, just the board. But I did, <laughs> I did for it a cease and desist right away, and they did shut it down right away. And so, yeah, but uh, that was my tip. I just made them in separate uh, different company, uh, different factories. But yes, that's many years and many lessons for sure, ladies. And you are both incredible and super fantastic moms and friends and and just beautiful women. And I would love for you to share it. That's off the top of your head. There is no wrong answer. Um, I would love as we wrap up here, if you could share one tip. That means like just like in a sentence, not a paragraph, like the first thing that comes to the pop, top of your mind as a tip to help create better self. Like that means self-improvement, self-love, self-care. Sharon Chai, what is what your first thing that comes to your mind for self-care, self-love? Uh, for self-care, um, you know, I know everyone talks about, um, you know, having a wine or putting your feet up with a cup of tea, but for me, it's just doing whatever it takes even if self-care means working because like I, I would still work on my birthday because I know I'm going out for dinner with my family but I know I'll have a better time if I just got this workout out, out of the way right <laughs> and and um and it's also just um peace of mind <laughs> yeah peace of mind and and self-care is really just I think also being um mindful of of what you do in in your downtime because you know when you think about if you're um if you're if you've got hobbies like online shopping or playing video games or chatting with friends um but you also exercise and paint or whatever um there's a, a podcaster that i listen to sometimes um she's she's more than a podcaster she's also an exercise guru uh, her name is shalene johnson and um, I remember listening to a tip she had on how to get your mojo back. And she said, with your hobbies, 
do the 80-20 rule. So 80% of your hobbies should be um, things that lift you up. So for me, it would be exercising, um, skating, painting, creating, sewing for myself, not for work, reading a book or, or learning a language. And then 20% of your hobbies can be the mindless, but the pure mindless enjoyment of it. So shopping online, chatting, going on social media and watching TV. So I thought that was great because I think sometimes our downtime is just, just that, but you don't really feel refreshed after that, right? You don't feel like, you know, you've, you've taken care of yourself. So that, that would be my tip. Yeah. That's a great tip. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Cause sometimes you could do a downtime thing that just makes you more lethargic and not inspired and just more tired. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's hugging my dog. No, (laughs) Sharon, I agree with you. Um, I, I, it's two things. I have to have my things accomplished and then I feel really good at the end of the day. And then I think the one tip for me is because I'm a busy mom and I love to cook is to go and have sushi and have someone just serve me and I can eat what I want and drink what I want and not worry. Right. That's my self gratification. I'm a foodie. So I, I, can I come eat with you? (laughs) Yes. We have a great, great Japanese restaurant here. One of the best actually, believe it or not. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm going to come to the Island. I am. I'm going to come visit you and we're going to go to this restaurant. (laughs) It's called Nori, Nori Sushi. It's fabulous. Excellent. Nori Sushi. Okay. We're going to do this. We're going to do that for sure. And we can do a podcast together live. (laughs) About food. (laughs) Yes. I would love that. I love food. And I, I love uh, Charlene, Charlene Johnson. I'm saying her name wrong. Yeah, it's my dream to ha- one day have her on my podcast. I love her podcast too, and her son, the the podcast they have together as well. Love them. Okay, top tip for family. Anyone? I think I mentioned this earlier, um, but I think we weren't recording <laughs> at the time. But um, for family, um, just acknowledging no family is perfect. I love the quote that says children will ask for love in the most unloving way. And um, admittedly, that's, <laughs> that's been the case in, in my family quite often. And it's okay to ask for help and to not be ashamed and to seek counseling. Um, I still think there's a stigma in getting professional help. And, but really, seeing a therapist should be just as normal as seeing a family doctor. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think mental health is highly important because it dictates your physical health it dictates your social health it dictates so much of of every part of your body if your mental health is not checked and so great reminder and i love that quote right and it's so true and even when i was a school teacher it was the kids that's that stood out because of something they ridiculously did and you just want to love them because you know there's a lot of pain behind something they did that they didn't mean to be disrespectful or hurt someone, but they it's a cry for 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 some love mm-hmm. for sure. Never an excuse to misbehave, but it definitely for us as adults to remember 
that uh, there's much love needed there for sure. Mm -hmm. Family, Julie, one tip. Hug. Getting better family. Always hug. Always hug your loved ones every single day. And that's been something big with our family that we do, no matter what age, because my children go from the ages of nine to 21. <laughs> I so, love that. I, I yeah. would take that hug. Absolutely. Love that. Hug, hug, hug. Okay. I'm going to share yeah. a tip or two. And mine is a listen with your whole face. That means if your kids are coming to you or coming home to not have your face in a screen, as much as we mm. are so, like it's almost a part of our body now, these devices, but to look and listen with our whole face. And that means our eyes are on our kids, our ears, our, our smiles and... Yeah. Just all of it are listening with our whole face. And I'm going to ask for one last tip, and that was for business, ladies. So one business tip that you can just throw out there and say, hey, if you're not listening to anything else we just said, listen to this. What would that be? Social media and gay influencers. Huge. Awesome. Okay, that means find them or and use find them and get them. You do not have to pay for social media influencers. Do your research. Find someone on Instagram that you like. Their photography. Send them product. That is how you build a brand. One person tells another person, and another person tells another person. Love that. Love that so much. And you know, they say eighty-seven percent of females look to social media before they make a purchase. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, and onto social media influencers, you don't have to look for those with the million followers. The, the more effective ones are the ones with less than five, like 7,000, 5,000, because mm -hmm. those are real engagements. They are, they're so interested in what they share and, and real engagement. And that's what I have learned. Yeah. Great, mm -hmm. great tip there. Sharon Chai. One business tip. Uh, I'm just going to oh, um, focus on what you can control rather than what you can't. So focus on whether it's uh, your website as opposed to selling products on another website, a third-party website. Um, focus on, you know, your, your emotions, um, not focus on not, sorry, not being emotional, I should say. Um, you don't get obsessed with, your competitors, your mm -hmm. um, your customers, um, <laughs> and um, I'll I'll share a couple of books that I would recommend that I've read this year, which I thought were really helpful. Um, one is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, and the other is The One Thing by Gary Keller. And this is an excellent read if you're if single tasking is your goal. Beautiful, great books. I. I just read those as well. And I, I say read very loosely. I'm so sorry. Audiobook listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I also have a love for books. But <laughs> yes. And, and do not stop learning, right? Do not stop learning. And even when you hear it, hear it as though you heard it for the first time, because that is probably an excellent time to be reminded. And, uh, I, I love the books that you just recommended very much. Um, yes, focus on that one thing and focus on the things that you can control. Don't put your waste your energy and your time on useless things that you, I mean, and the fact that you can't make those changes into to those 
the competitor. Focus on improving your product. Focus mm-hmm. on the awesome feedback that you get that uh, and criticisms too. I'm talking about good and bad feedback, but be grateful for them and, mm-hmm. and, and talk about how you're going to learn from them and, and move forward from there. Julie and Sharon, I adore you both so much and I'm so grateful for your time and for your wisdom and and your beautiful hearts that you shared today. So ladies, Julie, Sharon, if our listener wants to find you right now, Julie, where can they go? At Middies, Facebook, Instagram, um, online is www.mittiesm.com. Thank and you. Sharon, thank you. Sharon, where would they go to find you? Uh, at Bambubino Everything. Oops, just freezing up for there. Bambubino.com. Can you say that oh, again? I'll repeat that. Sure. Um, so they can find me at Bambubino Everything. So on, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, Pinterest. And my website is uh, bamboobino.com. Perfect. And we have this all in our show notes. And please do follow these ladies on their social media. You will just fall in love with their photos. They're just gorgeous photos. And just I just adore these ladies so much. So for now, we are going to sign off and say goodbye. And I want to thank you as our listeners. And you are just incredible. And I'm so grateful for you. And, you know, we are stronger together and we are in this together. You are not alone and we are learning as we go. And, and it could be a, well, it is a bumpy road, right? Being an entrepreneur. And if you are a product inventor or creator, we wish you all the best because that is awesome that you took that bold leap to go for it. And I, that's one thing I hugely, another huge thing I respect, but Sharon and Julie so much. So ladies, we're going to say bye and we will catch everybody later. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks so much. Thank you.